0: I think we made it partially through question one. This is, uh, lesson 44. Um, it's the end of the book. And as we were talking a little bit, uh, you know, before class here and at the end of last, or last class, um, the end of the book with out just has some really good summaries. And again, I encourage you to, uh, go and read that. Um, you know, was saying about she looked <laughs> and said that that just tremendous. And uh, again, I'm, I don't usually like to read as much, uh, but I'm gonna, in uh, a lot of these answers, I'm gonna read right out's answers because he just succinctly put a lot of really just good truths. And, uh, I just, I couldn't do it better than he did, so. um so the first one what is the hope attached to righteousness? We went through that. Uh, is it something or, or what do we get out of that hope? Is it, is it secure or unsecured? And it's, it's the person of the Lord Jesus himself. And it said, if we have righteousness imparted to us, we can be in his presence. The Holy Spirit teaches us to wait without doubting for us to be with the Lord. And we see this in uh, Galatians 5, five, Well, we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. So, again, it's not a hope like it might happen. It, we do have that hope. And the righteousness is imparted to us uh, gives us that hope of what? Being in his presence. As we have that righteousness imparted to us, we can be with him. And positionally we're we're there now. Um conditionally we're here. <laughs> so um uh again, that's what the uh the hope we have uh because of the righteousness. So right out puts it this way in our one section of it. Look at the young converts at Thessalonica with scarcely more than a few weeks' instruction, they were taught Quote, to wait for God's Son from heaven, even Jesus, First Thessalonians one ten. Their future prospects were all connected with that event, with that person. They were not waiting for judgments, surely not for improvements in this world, but were waiting for a living, loving person.
1: That's kind of interesting. So right off the
0: bat, uh, the Thess- Thessalonians were... Taught not to you know fix me, get me provide for me. it was to wait on the Lord. it was the the uh um expectation of the lord's coming that was what they the very first things that they learned and I think that's that's interesting thought <laughs> were we taught that when we first were converted <laughs> or, or when we first came to know the Lord no <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that he, that he brings that out um continuing on who, who taught them who taught them thus to wait who sustained them in this hope well we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith that's galatians 5 5. righteousness by faith is the theme of paul as justification it is the present possession of every believer again that's do we are we there but there is a hope connected with it, a hope that is attached to it. We have justification as a present blessing. We do not hope for that. But we are in the midst of a groaning creation. We have not yet the inheritance for which we hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet not, or why doth he yet hope for? But the Holy Spirit sustains us in waiting patiently for the hope attached to the righteousness by faith, and that hope we just saw, was the coming of God's Son from heaven. Again, I think that's, uh I think this is a tremendous section. Do we do that? Are we waiting for the Lord anxiously or expectantly? Uh Is that, you know, isn't there, I just thought of this. I think from, I think what Vern had, you know, the, the crowns that we receive. Isn't one of the crowns expecting the Lord or waiting upon the Lord or expecting him? I think that's one of the crowns, actually, that we receive. So, you know, beyond what, what's here, I think that's the crown of us looking forward to the coming of the Lord. So not only do we get <laughs> that joy of expecting, we get a crown for it, which we'll throw at his feet when we, when we get there. But, uh, it's kind of exciting to think about that. And I, I guess your thoughts on that, you know, it, it was interesting to see what right out put about the, uh, Thessalonians, that they were taught that immediately, but I don't ever remember being taught that really, that, you know, it's the salvation, which, you know, you you now are free from judgment, free for free from the the sin payment that you had to, to do for sins. But I never heard that. That you know, now wait expectantly for the Lord. Is anybody was anybody taught that?
1: No, and you, you know, Courtney, I think I think part of it is the fact that we're just not taught our union with Christ. You know, that's that's never brought in you know, for <laughs> most for most Christians throughout their whole Christian life. They never learn their union with Christ, but if we were to learn our union with Christ early then we would understand you know much more so the significance of our of our you know future being with him in you know face to face right
0: yeah i think you know the john 17 for me is the intimacy and that what's brought out through that the other is you know the references to abba father again the intimacy daddy mm-hmm. the intimacy that we have that brings me closer in expectation of that, that, uh, that relationship. So I think that it is, but that was, yeah, I was never really taught to, uh, wait expectantly.
2: I think every a- time we take the Lord's Mike, Supper, it is. Okay. Every time we take the Lord's Supper, it's until He comes. So yeah. I mean, I've thought about that all these years.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. We're no, we every, what every at, and what is the purpose of the, of the Lord's Supper is, to wait expectantly for him, that we are we are to do this until he comes. So I think that that's a great point. Yeah.
3: Notice, I noticed that right up makes a statement that, uh, but the Holy Spirit sustains us in waiting patiently for the hope attached to righteousness by faith. Mm-hmm. The hope attached to righteousness. When We spent some time recently talking about. What is God's righteousness? What is he? What, what, is he? Mm-hmm. What, what are his characteristics? And we found out that he wasn't a vengeful God and couldn't was not a person who could wait to punish, even though uh, in Romans when he gets everybody lined up and guilty, what does he do? He demonstrates to them his love for them. Right. So there's a righteousness or a, or a rightness in God that we share. And I think that, that, um, the hope that's attached by faith, as right up put it, puts it, is that we, as the bride, get to enter into the fullness of what that righteousness is. Mm-hmm. And once there, uh, I had a thought today that, uh, you know, when somebody's come to visit you, family, and you haven't seen them in a while, yeah. when they first walk in, it's just a, joyous occasion it really is and i think when we first enter into god's righteousness experientially and we're there with him and all the other saints it'll be that will it'll be a thousand times more than oh. that but that's what it'll be like yeah and so that becomes an expectancy for us looking forward to that and that is a hope that we have and christ has to come for that to happen yeah you know.
0: You know, I think, too, when you say about the righteousness, too, the righteousness and the love, but the righteousness is what brought Christ to the cross. Yep. He had to pay for the sins. He yeah. couldn't, we couldn't be standing with him nope. in in a sinful body or a sinful nope. state. That's right. So the righteousness, even though it is it associated with love, it, it brought his son to the cross. Sure. And And so, but then from that point, we, we get that righteousness. We have that important part of righteousness or the ability to stand in his presence. And that's the thing that is, I think the hope here is just that because of that, we stand in his, in his presence. And then what is it? God is love. Yeah. So, I mean, the hope that we have that, that through the righteousness is the fact that we can stand with him face
3: to face. Well, and you have to be righteous to do it. You have to be of a, well, what word would I use? Of a creation that will not, it can't tolerate sin or anything that's not of God. Right. So when you're in that environment, then you realize, wait a minute, this—he didn't crucify Son because he was mad. It was—it it wasn't part of him. Right.
0: He couldn't have it around. It, it. It. And and but but in that was love. That's right. Because what did he? What was he doing? which we'll get into later. Yeah. Getting him a bride for him. That's right. And to bring all of us. Right. Into a relationship that we can have with Him. That's where the love is. Yeah. Righteousness, you know, through the payment of the or having to pay for the sins, that was horrible. But the, the concept behind it was He loved us so much that He gave us His Son.
3: Sure.
0: You know, and that's that's the amazing part where the love comes in. Yeah. You know, He, would, he well, the two of them before anything had the covenant to do that.
3: He solves the sin problem, and then He turns right around and. Offers it to us. Offers, you
0: know, humanity. salvation to us, yeah. to be a, that, that righteousness imparted to us because of that, yeah. Well, I thought
3: the Hungry Heart this
0: morning really ties with this. Uh, I, I, did. I did. I don't know. I read that, too. <laughs> and then, Yeah, there was a lot to that. You know, again, what, what happens to us? You know, we're separated from sin, the world, law. Uh, he went through all of those things. And then... There, yeah, I, I was almost going to read that today, so I don't know if you have that. It, um, I do, yeah. Today. Let me
2: just read that
3: one. Sure, yeah, the last paragraph. My mind must rise above what I am to what God is. Then it is that one is formed by the revelation of what God is.
2: This we are called.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the world formed. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I mean, amazing. You know, You know. again, I think it was from last, last week we may have said that too about our expectation and all this, expecting um, uh, to be face-to-face and Lord's return, we're waiting for that. But I think we talked about that. (laughs) I cannot, with this sinful mind and body, figure out what that's going to be like without a sinful mind and body. (laughs) What will my life be without sin and a a flesh that is just infested with sin? What is that going to be like? Mm. I, I, I just can't wrap my hand, my head around that, you know? It's like, I just, <laughs> there's so much crud in this body, as Paul said, nothing good dwells in this flesh, and yet we'll be without it, and standing with righteousness imparted to us, mm-hmm. with a relationship. I, I, I can't picture that. I can't. Yeah, yeah you have your mic?
2: Kind of off of some of the things that you guys are talking about here. Um I think it's interesting, the I part of, of what was mentioned there. I don't I have some notes on Galatians 5-5. You know, we're thinking about that hope righteousness and my notes, and I don't remember when I took them, but <clears throat> under law, it's all yours to do, but under grace, it's a work of the spirit. The yeah. law, you trust in yourself, but under grace, you walk by faith in what God has done, is doing, and will do. Under law, you're waiting to be justified, but yeah. under grace, you're justified already and anticipating the blessed hope. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like, even as a, Christian and modern day evangelical mindsets. There's the hope is still very. It's, it's great, but it's also like, well, what what is going to end up happening to me? Because I don't know who I who I am in Christ. I'm still, <laughs> now, now yeah. I'm still trying yeah. to get to that place. Oh, yeah. well, I hope I'll be ready when the mm-hmm. time comes and that that creates an anxiety in its own way that's it's way different than recognizing the hope of righteousness under grace it's a it's a totally different type of expectancy that the majority of believers don't ever actually get to to behold because they're worried about me
0: well and and with that i always think of you know this is the perfect thing for the flesh to to go after is that you've got to, you know, you've got to do something. This is all the, you know, the Catholic Church, a bunch, you know, Baptists that have requirements and all these things that you have to do. And it, and it puts that anxiety, that anxiousness that we're not supposed to have and all the stuff. Am I going to be good enough? Do I need? Why am I not doing this? You know, boy, I failed today. Ooh, you know, I got to do 59 spiritual pushups and this and that. We're already positioned already. <laughs> already you know and get
2: ready well
0: already. and that's why this one this one song that's that I, I think i and you'll probably know the name but it it's one that's re- recent and 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 I think I said it a few weeks ago on a on a on my work on my best day I'm a child of God in my worst day I'm a child of god that's really that's a really true statement, and that's a very freeing statement. Even when I fail, his love doesn't go away. The R- Romans eight thirties, you know. And and even on my worst day, I'm a child of God. I don't have to worry about it. I'm positionally there. I don't have to do anything, which we're going to get into a little bit more in the lesson coming up. It's not that I have to do anything more. That's incredibly
2: restful. <laughs> you know, so yeah. That's what Miles was talking about. Without the union... You're, you're having to get ready. Yeah. You get, you, and that's busy. That, that's busy. Yeah, I
0: get busy. I get busy. Yeah. No, great, great comments. Yeah, Mike.
2: I've,
3: I've made this comment before, but I, through this process, we, we are learning what the righteousness of God really is. And I think Reformed theology has taken the, the intolerance for sin and attached it to God's vengeance yeah. against sin, and forgot totally about about what the character of God is, God's love. Love. God is love. They don't have that part. They have his righteousness is a big hammer hanging over you all the time.
0: And who drives that? What drives that? The
3: flesh. Yeah.
0: Because the flesh loves that. That's right. The flesh absolutely flourishes on that. Yeah. And so, when the teaching or the doctrine is off enough, the flesh goes wild with that. Yeah. You know, it's it's I gotta do something. Oh, you gotta do something, and the flesh just is right in there cheer cheerleading that on. Yeah. So, any misdirection of what the scripture says, the flesh will take and run to the you know the goal lines sure. and try to make you as miserable as possible. Can't take your salvation away, but he's going to make you as miserable as possible as he can.
3: And he and- wants to take your focus off of the glory of Christ.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So no, I think I think it comes down to all these misdirections of you know, the interpretation or reading of scripture. It it's the self the the flesh is the one to just amen, let's we're run with it.
3: Well, one of the things I think we're going to learn about in uh, Titus is the fact that uh, we're to be alert to diversion. And yeah.
0: that's a diversion. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. The, the schemes of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not the devil. It's the schemes of the flesh. Yeah. You know, we, 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 a lot of people put, oh, the devil, you know, it's not the devil. It's, it's that, that stuff residing in me, yeah. in my flesh. That's, that's the culprit. You know, again, if the devil's, you know, attacking you, that's a special day because he's not omnipresent and it's like, you know, and God let him do it. If he, if, even if he did, God let, let him. With you or do whatever, but it's not going to take your salvation away. Can't do you're it. So
3: important. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm so important in the seven billion people here that yeah. the devil decided to make it my day. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, you know the the power of sin is not uh, the devil, but it's the law, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
3: You know what's funny is if I read Spurgeon, I just get so filled with grace. The next thing I read, uh, I don't think you're a Christian because you're doing this, this, and this. Did I break up?
0: Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah, you weren't doing stuff, right? And then, yeah, tagged on to what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was, that's kind of the Baptist methodology. I'd, I'd hear one sermon one week that was like, oh, you're saved by grace alone through faith alone and nothing else. And then sometimes they'd even wait until the next week to say, but, if you don't, you know. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which, you know, from, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy in the college we went to, the seminar series, uh, anyway, he, he had, this always stuck with me. When you say something, then you put, but, like, da 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 da, but, he said, forget everything before the but. <laughs> like, I really don't think that this is going to happen, but, well, that means you really it is going to happen, you know. He said, "Eliminate everything before the butt." So yeah, you grace, you're saved, your but okay, throw, throw all that away now. This is what I really want to tell you about. So what's the, the guy's? Oh, Bill, Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard. That was it, you know. And I just that was one of those things that stuck out that when you hear people, but okay, everything you said before, forget about. This is really what you want to say. So anyway, one
2: other thought I had, you know, I think is. Mankind, we, you know, the big, big three questions, like, right, for us, are, who am I, where did I come from, where am I going, mm-hmm. and when you don't understand where you fit in the answer to those questions, your life is incomplete. Right. Um, you do not understand the purpose that your creator has for you. You don't understand the unique of your own personality and how he designed you in eternity past you can understand where you stand in eternity future and that's what paul is getting at here and i, I thought wow what a um what a comment for right up to make about the the theme of paul having mm-hmm. to do with righteousness through faith and how does that actually satisfy all of those three big questions that every person has oh yeah where did I come from and where am i going right righteousness right christ right and well faith. That's the involvement that you have, but it's all by grace, and those well, answers get solved in your mind without the truth of the gospel message and the the glorious appearing of the Lord, that blessed hope. you have no idea where you're going
0: right yeah
2: it's a, it's it's a very depressing place <laughs> yeah well you know and and
0: again, I like the word hope, but not in the worldly sense, no you know hope is. Yeah. Not like it's gonna. So the hope I mean we have that great expectation. Positive totally. That's where we're gonna be. And and positionally, like I said now.
2: I'm just so thankful he did that. (laughs) Well you
0: know the righteousness I think when you say that where where we started where we well, where we started, righteousness was there because we were a sinner. We were separated because of that righteousness. But what happened what had to happen was Christ had to pay for the sins. Done, but then the gracious act of salvation through faith. So that's where we, you know, how we enter his his righteousness. You know, is is now our righteousness, and then the final is where I'm going.
2: The cool thing is that I can hear Mike's brain churning there yeah. right now.
0: You can see it from behind, like that. A it, a little, some some of the gears are going there, yeah. It,
2: it, and it's not just where we're going; it's where are we? Yeah. Right, and that's. That's the the joy of of walking by faith is that we already possess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But there is that face-to-face reality that Paul wants to make sure that when we see that appearing of his glory, like Mike was talking about, it's like seeing somebody for the first time in forever, you know, and then walking through the door, and it's just, it's unexplainable.
0: You know, and the thing is, you know, kind of what this is pointing to, it's not only that, that meeting, it's the longing for that meeting. That's where really this, this, the Holy Spirit is now, is that we long for that. Yeah, it's gonna be incredible. But because of that, in the position, in the time we're at now, we should, we should long for that. We know, we, we know it's gonna be incredible. Do we long for that? And that's where I think, you know, the Holy Spirit is. Is putting that longing, that desire to be with him. And that's where, you know, right as pointing out in this last section is, do we desire that? Do we long for that? We know it is, we, I mean, we don't know, totally know it's going to be, you know, <laughs> I think there's another song, you know, uh, when I see him, I'm, I'm going to be in awe. I'm going to be on my face. What am I, you know, I, you know, just cause you don't know, you know, it's just so amazing. So. But the, what we're talking about is that position now until we get to that point, which is going to be amazing. It's the longing for that, is what he's pointing out. So, um, all right, blasting on to question two. Um, what is the meaning of the spirit and the bride say come? Revelation twenty-two 17, I'll read it. The spirit and the bride say come, and let the one who hears say come, and let the one who is thirsty Come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. So, is this an invitation to unbelievers to come? Is this a a uh, call to those who who don't know Christ? Is this a call? So, so who is the bride? Yeah, the church, the body. Did mm-hmm. you say some rest?
3: the body
0: of yeah, the, Yeah, so if we're the bride, who's the bridegroom? I mean, yeah, bridegroom. Huh? Jesus?
2: Jesus?
0: Yes? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I still go back to the Luke Jenkins. The answer is always Jesus.
2: <laughs>
3: Jesus.
0: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, so would an unbeliever be waiting for Christ as the bridegroom? No way. No way. Not a chance. Yeah. They're going to be cursing him when they step in front of him. So an unbeliever wouldn't wouldn't be wanting the bridegroom to come. They wouldn't want it at all because that's their their. Uh, <laughs> Uh, final act, which is going to put him into eternal separation from and God. Judgment comes. Judgment comes. So, I, it would not be an invitation to unbelievers in this, in this, uh, uh, section. And a lot of people use this as the gospel message that, that Christ is calling you to come and all this, but this is not for an unbeliever. Th- this is for us as the bride uh, of Christ. So and what you know? Does it, it? It was funny. We we had the thing last night. Our our neighbor got married. Uh, we had we thought it was just a barbecue, <laughs> and it turned out they were getting married last night. We we didn't know. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Yeah. He puts on this big spread every once in a while, and this was a big one. He had a big tent. He had a band. He had a dance floor. They had bonfires and all this kind of stuff. And We thought it was just a neighborhood barbecue, and then we were talking with one of our neighbors. and yeah, I don't know when the ceremony is. Ceremony? What ceremony? Oh, I think Chuck's getting married. <laughs> and sure enough, they got married last night. So the expected look between the two was, you know, the, the bride looked into, you know, the bridegroom's face and that expectation, you know, and just that longing, that, uh, uh, wanting that to happen. And so, you know, the, uh, um, uh, here, here it basically says, look who is saying come from verse 17, the spirit and the bride say come. Us as the bride say come, but the, what's the interesting other section of this? Who else is expecting the bride or the bridegroom? The Spirit. Does anybody think that's kind of strange? I, th- I th- you know, this is a, just a lot. You know, when we were preparing a lot of this stuff, just like, huh. <laughs> you know, and I, I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen that or even thought about that. But the Spirit and the bride say, "Come." Wow! Isn't that that just blew my socks off? Think about that. We're, of course, we want the bride to come, but the spirit, one of the triune head of, wants him to come too. How does that work? That just blew me away. Yeah. You know, the bride said, you know, the spirit is longing for Christ to come. <laughs> that, that just was like, wow. Why was, why would he want, he wants to see the fulfillment of the Of the bride meeting the bridegroom. He's been working on us forever. And now the (laughs) finality of that is the wedding ceremony. He's looking forward to it. That's a weird thought. Never thought about that. He's looking forward to the meeting of the bride and the bridegroom. And he's been working on the bride (laughs) since the man started. And now, finally, he's looking forward to, to the ceremony. He's
2: been waiting a long time. That's what I was going to say. It's a little weird to say this, but he's nothing. been working towards this that moment with every single human being. Every single human being, you know. And those that have rejected him obviously won't be participating. But this is what his role has been. This is almost like this is done. Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this
0: is, I was it. Was like, yeah. He's been working all this time he's looking for the fulfillment of that that's incredible you know I've never seen that before i think that was great that hey, I G- brought that out yeah there- jd
1: when i hear when i hear your voice and we're talking about this subject i can't help but uh uh <laughs> think of you on our wedding day cuz <laughs> you got the you were doing our photos and i often think and you've done a few weddings like you've seen that Anticipation of the bride and the groom, you know um, and it's quite something isn't it it is
2: that's an interesting and relationship to to that expectation because I often told uh, you know the, the bride and the groom throughout the day like I'm, I'm actually going to be spending more time with you than anyone else today, <laughs> <laughs> and you know every little Every little detail and every little concern and where's my, uh, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever the thing was, uh, oh, it's raining. It's, you know, and I just got to be there with them that whole time. Um, but yeah, having that perspective and that anticipation of seeing that union take place, I mean, yeah. um, that's a, that's an interesting way of thinking about it.
0: Well, that, you know, from a personal, I remember when she turned the corner. I'm getting teary-eyed now. Yeah. You know, I, I was a mess. <laughs> you know, but, finally, finally seeing that. There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I remember it, Dave McLeod. Dave McLeod was the guy. And, yeah, Dave McLeod, and I think he, he finally got some tissues or something, but, you know, the time she got up there, you know, because, you know, I was, that was amazing. You know, but that was one not even on the scale of what we're going to do when we see Christ, you know. So that's, that's amazing. But, uh, like I said, this part of it is the spirit wants that. But it, it was cool. I'd never seen that before.
2: It's also neat that he says almost the last word in the book of inspirations that cry on the spirit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I thought I'd never thought about. Yeah. Um, I like what right out put, it, it points out. But I want you to notice the remarkable expression, the Spirit and the Bride. Without a doubt, as we've seen, the Spirit forms the desire in the hearts of saints for Christ to come. But it's not merely the Spirit in the Bride, but it is a distinct longing on the part of the Spirit for that one event for which all things wait. I thought that was great. And this connects with what we've seen before, the closest intimacy, the divinest affections of the infinitely perfect persons of the Godhead. What is the desire of the Holy Ghost at this moment? The coming of Christ. What is the desire of every spirit-taught saint? The longing, the yearning of the Spirit. His own personal desire, I I confess, beloved, it is a revelation to me, one that should hush all imagination, but should awe our souls as we behold the love of the Spirit and his desire for Christ. To be fully glorified. I thought that was tremendous. With the Spirit and taught by Him, the bride, the church for which Christ died uttered, utters her longing. She is homesick, not merely for heaven, but for Him who has made, who has made it heaven for her. All her longings for holiness, for deliverance from a groaning creation for the unity of his church, for reunion with the loved ones who have gone before, for a body freed from the sickness and weakness brought in by sin, all is focused in the longing for himself. Even glory has no attraction, save as he is the center of it. Even the beauty not of our own, in which we will be clad, cannot win her heart from him. The bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. It is one whom her soul loveth, Tell her of nothing else. It is himself she desires. I thought that was tremendous. But I, I I love that. Behold the love of the Spirit and his desire for Christ to be fully glorified. That's part of the triune God, longing to see another part of the triune God be glorified. To finally get a bridegroom, a bride for him. Yeah.
3: I also think it points up the real work of the Spirit of God in uh, a growing believer's life. It is, yeah, it's important that we study to not rightly divide the word of truth, And those, but there's a purpose in that. And the purpose is, is to get to know the groom. Yeah, intimacy. And the more you get to know him, the more your desire to be with him becomes. And that influences all aspects of your life because he... I know I say this slowly but surely rises to the top of things that are important to you. He becomes the thing that everything else has to take second place to him, <laughs> and not because someone twisted your arm, but because the Spirit of God has been at work showing you the wonders of Christ.
0: Yeah, all, all the world becomes chaff. Yeah, and you begin to focus on on Christ. Yeah. Then all this stuff is immaterial, and it's not like you said, it's not because I'm I'm supposed to, not because I'm I'm instructed to. It's because I want to. Right. I, I have that desire. And and you know, I, my question at the end is: Is this how we look at the Lord? That as the Spirit looks as the Lord? Do we have that same longing? You know, and I, I woefully know. You know, I. I but it it makes me think of that that you know I should be longing for him daily.
3: I think what it does though, and I think it defines for us, what is the Holy Spirit up to? Yeah, is he up to get me to obey? Is he up to get me to memorize? Is he what? Uh, no, he's not up to any of that. He's simply through the Word of God and other means that He uses to reveal. This this person, the groom to us. And that alone and all of who he is is a magnet yeah. to our hearts.
0: Well you know, we've spent a year and a half or two years on this, you know, the mechanics of all this. But this is the summary. Yeah. This is the end point. This is what he wants. Yeah. And when you see this that the spirit says, Come, sure. then you realize all that he's doing and why. You know, and that that's kind of the exciting part to me is that you know after all this and all the mechanics we've learned and what he's doing, convincing, can you know, convicting us, how he did this, that. But the ultimate is this yeah. is that, you know, we are to long for for the bride groom to come.
3: Yeah.
0: You know? And that's yeah, that's kind of it was just a, a you know really good summary I think okay. of, of this. So, any other thoughts? Um yeah.
3: You know how we're saved by grace through faith? It's this thing that it has nothing to do with us pulling our bootstraps. It's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's simple, but it isn't that, wow, did I have enough faith? No, it was a gift given to me. I have it.
0: Well, yeah, and... and and this, this leads into the understanding of grace. It's not anything that you do or have done. It was graciously <laughs> given to you free. You didn't have to do anything other than believe. That's it. And, and then what do we get out of that? We're now the bride to Christ. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, amazing. Um, well, it looks like we're out of time. We're blazing through, so it's six questions will be done in six weeks. So, uh, great discussions. Love it. Um, I think this is just a real great summary. So, again, I encourage you to read that last chapter. Uh, you know, I'm going to be reading lots, but uh, it's an amazing summary. And it really puts into perspective all that we've learned over this year and a half or two years, whatever we've been doing. So, anyway, let's close. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you again. Just even, uh, revealing new things in scripture that, uh, as we, you know, looking at this and, and that we say as a bride, come Christ as, as the bridegroom. But the spirit indwelling us is crying the same. The, the fulfillment of the marriage ceremony between us as the bride and Christ as the bridegroom. The spirit longs for that. He's been working <laughs> since time beginning with with man to work in everybody's life to be part of that ceremony to be a part of the bride of christ been working forever to do that and and he longs for that ceremony that the uh the final one will come into uh, knowledge of christ and life in christ at that point the uh the uh bridegroom will come and we uh as the Spirit, we, uh, we all should be longing for, for that, uh, that coming of Christ. And, uh, just, uh, have the Holy Spirit, uh, just work in our hearts to have that longing, that desire for the bridegroom to come. And not, not in a, in a selfish or, or, uh, uh, just to get out of here. But it's a longing for that ceremony to be united, the bride and the bridegroom not just to uh, get rid of this flesh and and all its and the worldly and all that but a longing for that that relationship that bride and bridegroom relationship just uh, pray that each and every one will have that in their hearts to uh, long for that so We just thank you again for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who is working every day to do that. And we rest in that fact. And uh, So we just pray as we move throughout this day that uh, we just start focusing on the bridegroom and, and the coming of him. We say come.
1: We do all this in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus. Amen.